Hi, my name is Alon Strohshine, founder of The Normal 40. I am so glad you are here. If you're here, it's not by accident. Dude, you're searching. And I get it because I've been there. In February 2022, after 14 years, I left my job as a public company executive. And I left without a resume. I left without a bunch of jobs lined up. And I left without being independently wealthy. But I went in search of something more. I went in search of finding out exactly who it is I was capable of being. And I've learned that my mission in life is to inspire a thousand dudes to go chase their same journey. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you found this podcast because here we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it raw. And there are going to be thousands of dudes just like you who can't wait to hear what we talk about next. Dude, thanks for being here. I can't wait to see you along the Normal 40 Highway. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Normal 40, the podcast. My name is Adam Eaton. I will be your co-pilot today, but as always, I am joined by the lead pilot, a dude you need to know, and the founder of the Normal Normal 40 movement. His name is Lon Strohshine. Lon, my friend, greetings. You're coming to me from a what looks like a very frigid uh, setting there. How are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well. I tell you, it's, it is frigid. Whose idea? I... You know, I remind myself, I choose to live in South Dakota on purpose, you know, so it's it's five degrees out here right now. Mm. Um, and I just got back from the farm. And normally when I'm at the farm, I'm taking walks, I'm out with the cattle, I'm doing all these things. I didn't leave the house, man. I went out and, to get on a, a four-wheeler and ride around and uh, got out there and the tire was flat. And I'm like, well, I got to pump that up. And then I was too cold to actually ride it. So anyway, that's that's been my weekend so far, man. Well, hopefully this uh, episode will be much more enjoyable than uh, than that experience you had so far today, Lon, because today I want to dive in on a topic. I think if you've been following along with the the normal 40 episodes, uh, and if, even if you haven't, by the way, you can always go back and get them wherever you get your downloadable content. If you've been following along, there, there's a there's a theme, there's a, there's a phrase that Lon uses a lot when he talks about um, the variations of conversations he's having people he's interacted with and kind of how he frames up conversations. And what I try to do is I try to write, write words down while he and I are talking. And I often go back to it and refer back and sort of figure out what those words are. And that's kind of somehow, you know, sometimes the way we form topics. And there's a phrase, Lon, you've been saying a lot that I really want to dive in on because it's a really important part of what you talk about. It's a really important part about folks going on this journey for their second half story, Lon. And it's a pretty simple phrase. It's a two-worder on mission. You've said the word on mission or the phrase on mission a lot of different times. And I think it's such an important part of what it is that you're talking about, what it is that we're talking about with this entire movement that I want to spend some time diving into that. So let me start here. This is a really basic question. The phrasing itself, Lon, right? You know, the words on mission, mission in particular, is such an awesome word choice because you could say anything, right? You could say on task, you could say doing something, you could say being active, but the phrasing on mission, I think, has a really importance to it. And I'd love for you to explain more about, A, how you came up with that phrase, why you chose the word mission as the uh, as the word there that sort of encapsulate what it is people are, are, are doing and what you want them to do as they think about their second half story. Yeah, man. So the, the term on mission came to me actually as I was writing my book um, and I was reflecting back as to what are the things I was going through and what were the things I was dealing with um, two and three years ago when I was when I was in my corporate job, I was making really um, I was living comfortably, making nice money um, and my job had become easy. It, it really had become easy. Um, that doesn't mean I was doing bad work. In fact, I was doing probably the best work of my whole life and I was working on things that mattered more than anything I'd probably done before. So it wasn't meaningless or purposeless. Um, I, I, I didn't have bad working relationships with my boss or my peers. It wasn't any of that, but it was something else welling up in me. And as I went back and I, I was writing about that, I, I felt like when you're at work and you go through strategic planning, right? We've all done it. We've all through, mm -hmm. gone through the strategic plan. You create the budget, you kind of create your new initiatives. And then everyone really gets really excited about what you're going to do. And you kind of rally around this thought of being on a mission. You're on a mission to, to win this new market. You're on a mission to launch and create this new product line. You're on a mission to win these customers. And, and it was so time-bound. When you're on a mission, that word A, that one little 
foul changes, it time bounds what you're doing. And it, it, it works really well for certain things. And it, it, it drives a great amount of energy and clarity and focus. But as I was writing my book and as I was going through what I call normal 40, I realized that I wasn't on a mission. Le- leaving my company to create normal 40, that wasn't me on a mission. That wasn't time bound. It wasn't a product. It wasn't uh, a market. It was everything. It was everything about me. It was all of my, it was all of my experience to that point, all of it, the good and the bad, the, uh, you know, the things that went right, the things that went wrong, all of it, all those experience. It was my family. It's, it's who I was up to that point. And I was 45 and doing well. And uh, I was on a mission to that point and I got there, but I realized that what I wanted to do next wasn't, I wasn't going on a mission. I was looking for mission. I was looking for the elements of my life that I could do as I wanted to, that I could make a living from that also put me in a position to never have to apologize to anyone for the work I was choosing to do and the work I was choosing to let pass me by. And, and what I realized is in that process of being on mission, and it, it doesn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. It took, it took years. And then once, even after I named it, I, you refine it. But being on mission is a, is a, is a state of mental well-being. And I don't mean that in a foofy, fluffy, puffy jargon that I, don't even, I can't even keep up with. I mean that it's just this feeling of saying, I can do this today. And I don't have to apologize for anybody about not doing something else because I'm doing something for me. It fills me up when I'm doing it. It helps other people along the way. And I am on mission. It never is going to end. That's interesting. So how do you decide? And I hear what you're describing and I can relate to that too. And I'm sure a lot of folks listening can as well, right? When you're involved in, you know, to your, to your example, a work project, right? And your boss says, Hey, we got to get this product out by this date. And you and the team put, you know, rally together, which by the way, some of the funnest stuff sometimes in work, right? When there's a goal and you have a group of people who are there together um, and you're kind of striving for that. But how much of this kind of boils down to that mission while it's part of what it is that you're trying to accomplish it's not your mission, right? It's somebody else's mission. It's, it's, it's somebody else's vision, somebody else's direction. How much of the on mission and being on mission concept, how much of the importance of it being your own mission and sort of, uh, you know, something that's very organic to you, how much is that important versus being like, Hey, I'm on mission to meet this deadline because that's what my boss wants or that's what somebody else wants. How did, how did you kind of make that shift in your mind to say, Hey, I'm going to go from being on mission for others to being on mission for myself. It's you're exactly right. You know, you, in the corporate setting, you set the goals, you do all the things that, that you were just talking about. And you just kind of hope that by the year quarter end, sometimes usually year, year end, maybe it's a two year goal. Um, you get to do some high fiving and everybody celebrates. It's like, ah, can you believe it? We did it. And then guess what happens? You start all over and yeah. the mission is different. It, it's a different product. It's a different market. It's you, you have to, kind of rally around, you know, the purpose of your company, which these are good things. I'm not trying to poo-poo that. It's bad stuff. I'm just saying that's why it feels like you're on a mission. It's episodic. And when you're successful, it doesn't feel quite as good as you thought it would. And when you're not successful, it actually doesn't feel quite as bad as you thought it would feel either. It's kind of this weird thing. So being on mission is, is, is different because the only way you can get on mission the only way is to understand what it is. And to do that, I mean, I, I tell everybody, you can you can go on a mission. And when you're on a mission, you're looking out. Imagine driving on a, in a car and you are on a mission. You're looking through the windshield. You're looking for stuff that's in your way. You're thinking about two, three, four exits down. You're watching the traffic, blah, blah. You are on a mission, man. You're gunning through the traffic. But when you are on mission, all of a sudden, the rest of that stuff doesn't matter. The, the other, it doesn't matter. And in fact, if you, you don't care where your exit is supposed to be because you'll, you'll decide when it's your time to take the exit. It's just this radically different way of moving through life, but you have to, you have to do the hard work. And what I say being on mission is looking through your windshield, being 
uh, being on a mission is through the windshield. Being on mission, that's that's felt by looking around. That's what you that's what you feel on the inside. And that, by the way, you've spent the last twenty years having all of those things, all of those dreams being worn down, being sanded down, being you know just kind of whittled around and 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 taken out of you, pulling out of you. Because you're on a mission. It's the next mile. It's the next goal. It's the next week. It's the next uh, staff update. You're so busy living that life, being on a mission, that the thought of living freely and living at this place where you can you can just live on mission, knowing what you want, where you're going, what's important, and believing that you are going to get there and how you're going to get there is so much less important. In the corporate world, everything everything we all try to say, we all take time and, you know, the power of why and everybody, you know, and that's mm, great. Sure. And there's, there's this huge power and, and you try to bring that into the corporate culture and it works a little bit. It works a little bit when you're on a mission. Why is this mission important? Why is this product line important? Why are these, this demographic important? But it, uh, it kind of, it loses your why today was probably in your corporate setting was probably different than your why two three or four or five years ago. And so you're, you're constantly kind of trying to shift that. But when you, when you get on mission, the why that comes from you, that you've tapped into inside of you, that you've spent the last 20 years burying, ignoring, putting down, putting out because it's a distraction. It's not what people do at our level. It's not what we care about when you're a senior executive. Well, this, you got to care about all the things that are on your, your corporate um, chart. And so it's, a, it's an entirely different place when it comes purely from inside of you and it flows outwardly. And, you know, I, I, this is a tough topic, I think, because if this is, this is the place in normal 40 where it gets to feeling a little wooey, you know, mm. it's like, Oh, mm. this, okay. Lon Adam, you said we were going to talk about feelings, but come on uh, feeling about, you know, knowing what you're supposed to do and knowing what you want and, and the, and knowing your why. Yeah. Guess what? I am talking about that. And, uh, and I think that it is so important that you just take a step back and you think for a moment that, hey, maybe the people who talk about this might be onto something. And, and this might be actually something that I need to take a step back and think about because it wasn't until I did that and I got over the, over the uh, stigma of believing that I'm tapping into something that's overly spiritual or wooey or if you can dream it, it will happen. I'm not talking about that stuff. Uh, I'm talking about something very different. But after I got over that and I just accepted this and I leaned into it, the whole world changed. You just said something interesting. I'd love to get your perspective on. In your mind, what's the difference between knowing what you're supposed to do and knowing what you're not supposed to do? Right. Those those seem like they'd be the same thing. Right. But I think that there's very, very different meanings for both. What's the difference in your mind between those two different, um, you know, different spaces in terms of where you are from a thought process? The difference is easy. It's timing. That's it. Mm. Um, the timing you will know. Um, and in fact, if you're listening to this podcast, I will tell you that unless you're just curious to know what the heck this dude is doing, I will tell you, you're probably at the er you're at some phase either the earliest phase or somewhere in this miserable phase of knowing that what you're doing today is not really what you want to do for the rest of your life. That is how you, that, that will be the first thing that happens. That will be the very first thing that, that kind of trips up in your mind. And then guess what? You'll put it back on the shelf. You'll, you'll put it back on the shelf and say, yeah, you know what? Things are really great. I shouldn't be thinking like this. I should just be happy I'm as successful as I am, making what I am, living where I am, doing what I am with the team I am. And you'll put it back on the shelf, but it'll come back. It will come mm. back in a week, a month, a quarter, or almost every time it comes back at a new year, a new fiscal year, a new calendar year. When you're like, I don't know, a year ago, I kind of felt this way. Now I, now I feel it even more. Is this, am I still going to be here in a year from now? I wonder. That is, that is, you telling yourself that maybe you should show up and figure out what it is you should do next. So what's the difference between the two, Adam? The timing. Hmm. What's the, what's, it's interesting as, as I think about you, I'm thinking about my wife for a second, right? And I'll tell you a quick little you know, side story. I, I, I lightly tease my wife all the time. She is what I call a task master, right? Every morning she gets up, you know, she goes to the bathroom, she comes out, she's got her hair, she's ready for the day. And I see her in the kitchen 
she's got this this pink pad, this pink like larger, um, you know, pad that she kind of writes on. And every day she writes out her task list. You know, pick up kids, dry cleaning, laundry, call this person, pay that. Like it, it's a task list. And at, throughout the day, Lon, I go back to that piece of paper and she's crossed it off, right? And one day I said, why, why do you why do you do that? Like, you know, you got to get this stuff done. Like, why, why do you do that? And she's like, oh, this is this is my plan for the day. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that confuse task with mission. Right. How do you how do you separate those two? What's the differentiator in your mind? Because there's somebody right now who's getting up right now and going, Lon, I'm on mission every day. I get up and I check for, for jobs on LinkedIn. And I, you know, I read the five pages of my self-help book and I, you know, I meditate for 20 minutes and I go for a light jog. And then I take that conference call. There's, there's somebody right now saying, hey, I'm on mission. I, I do these things every single solitary day. Right. But there's a difference between being on a task and completing task and being on mission. And I'd love for you to kind of explain from your own perspective what the difference is and how you can tell whether or not you're just on a task or whether or not you're on mission. I think the, the best way for me to explain it is you can make a list about your task. You, you, your task, it's actually called a task list. Yeah. You can um, write your to-dos for um, when you're going on a mission. There, there are things that you collectively can kind of see, and you have really pretty good clarity on what you would expect the outcome to be. And, uh, and so your, your wife has probably pretty good clarity of, of knowing when she makes her task list, when she, she uh, crosses everything off, one, she gets great satisfaction from doing it. Uh, I know that because I'm wired the same way. And two, she's, she can see what's, how she wants to feel about her day at the end of the day to look back and say, boy, I got, I, this day was a good day. I got these, got these things done. That, that is, um, that's kind of how we go through the most, most first part of our life for the mm -hmm. most part. And, uh, is, is to know the task, to see the bit, the bigger vision of a collective team and, and to set out and, and click off your tasks. Being on mission doesn't have a defined end point. And sometimes it doesn't even, even have a, the ability to really define an endpoint. And in fact, I think that if you work too hard to try to define what the ultimate endpoint is of mission, you just go back to getting on a mission, on task. And you, and you tend to start thinking too small. To be on mission really requires you to get to know yourself way better than you do. And it requires, I talk, you've also heard me talk about the awkward conversation. And one mm -hmm. of the ways to get on mission is to do the, uh, the hard work of having the awkward conversation with yourself. And, um, and I just, just, I want, permit me just to go off here just a little bit on, on what we've done so far with, with the episodes we've, we've talked about to get to this point. The fact that we're talking about being on mission now in episode 11 is not an accident. If we'd have talked about being on mission in episode three, we'd have lost everyone because it'd be like, well, okay, there's a guy who left his job and a guy who's, um, you know, he talked about the options he had and then he went with it. And now he's talking about being on mission. What that we'd have lost everyone. There's, there's a whole bunch of process. There's a whole bunch of sequence you go through. And guess what? It does start out. Go back and listen to the podcast, the beginning, the most listened podcast we've got, which is going to explain exactly what you're feeling and exactly what I was feeling. And it's going to kind of punch you in the face and it's going to give you the home. That was important. We did that so that you had a home that you could come here and listen to. Oh, and by the way, podcast two, the guilt. What are you going to feel when you're thinking about leaving your job? You're going to feel a little shitty. You're going to feel guilty. It's like, what am I even doing this for? I love my job. I love my company. I love my boss. Why do I, why can't I just be happy? Yeah, that is step two. What is step three? You're, it's going to sound scary. It's going to sound scary to actually change. What's step four? You got to accept it. You got to accept that this is coming. These are the podcasts. These, this is the order in which we've dealt with this. And by this point, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, look, I, don't, I know that my best years are in front of me. I know that in one year from now, I would trade what I'm doing for something else. If, God damn it, I just knew what it was. If I just knew what I wanted, if I just knew what being on mission meant for me, I would trade it. Then you're on the right path. You're on the right podcast to deal with this. This is why we're bringing it up now. Um, and, uh, and, and being on mission is a time and place that requires work. It's more than just showing up to your office. It's more than just um, listening to podcasts. 
It's, it's more than that. It's actually where you have to start making some trades. It's not the trade. It's not, I quit. Now I got to figure it out. It's you start, got to start making some trades. You got to start showing up that you got to, you've got to confess to yourself. I'm going to be 1% awkward and I'm going to be 1% um, able to show up for myself at this point in my life. And I'm going to start exploring with what it is I might want to do next. All right. When I think about mission, I think about this space program, Lon, because that, that, that's I guess that's the word I think about. Right. And when I think about a space program, a space loss, I think about mission. There's there's pieces of paper that are miles long. There's formulas, there's algorithms, there's calculations. It's a, it's a well thought out, well planned contingencies and steps and actions. I think mission is this big, giant, well planned out, well thought thing. Right. Is that how on mission should go? Is this something where you should sit down and write it out as a plan and sit down and stew over it until you have a ream of paper, you know, 150 pages deep that, you know, okay, this is now my mission. Is it because when I hear mission, that's what I think. But when I hear what you talk about mission, that seems like the exact opposite of what I want to do is sit down and write out for 95 pages on what my mission looks like. So this is where I started and I, I'm, you know, this is, I can give you one guy's story. Actually, I can give you about 300 guys story, but I'm going to tell you mine. <laughs> um, mine was, that's exactly what I did. I, when, I, when I accepted, and this is the key word, when I accepted that my future wasn't where my feet were, I started to feel anxious. I started to feel anxiety. And so at that point, I had a, I had the choice to make. I had to either go back to figuring out how to tamp down that anxiousness and tolerate where I was at and where I was on the path towards, or I had to, I had to start dealing with it. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I started, I, I set out and I started dealing with it. I don't, I don't think I dealt with it. Right. I don't think I dealt with it the way I would coach people to deal with it for themselves now, but I did start to deal with it. And I did start to write. I started to write about the things, what, what fills me up. I started to ask questions to people. What, when I am happy, really happy, what am I doing? What, what's going on in my life? I asked my wife, you know, what, what are those things? When you see me happiest, what am I doing? And she had a list of things um, that she shared with me. I'm like, okay, well, those are elements of my mission. I didn't know what I was going to be doing, but I'm like, okay, well, I got to make sure that whatever it is, I've got these ingredients. And I would sit down and I treated myself like my own strategic plan. And, and I really started thinking, what is the lifestyle that I want to have in five years? Now, when you ask that question and you're in the first half mindset, you, you equate lifestyle with income spending style. Sure. And at some point in your life, at some point in normal 40, that, the, how much you make starts to become de minimis. Of course, we've got to make money. We all want to keep making money. This isn't a retirement podcast. Nobody's here because they're looking at retiring. This is about how you do this stuff that you just can't wait to get up in the morning and do. And part of that is making this transition from first half grinder, grower, builder, you got the corner office to, okay, I've done that. Now it's time to start thinking about legacy me. What are the things mm -hmm. I'm going to leave behind? And how do I want to really exist? How do I want to live my life? What are the things I want to be doing? What are the elements of my life that I want to be carrying out in five years? And it had nothing to do with how much we had to spend. It had nothing to do with the, a bigger or smaller house. It had to do with who do I want to be spending time with? Who are the people I want to be helping? Who are, who are the individuals in this universe that when I spend time with them, I get more energy instead of less? And what is it about them that does it? It's, the, it's that deep, deep, like I said, you, you don't, you're not going to get this by looking out a windshield. You're going to get this by taking time to yourself to dwell on these deep questions that, yeah, I wrote about. You should at least have bullet points about them. And, um, and that's a great place to start. Here's, here's the number one question that, that I, I share with people. And it's just fast forward at five years to your life, wherever you're at. So let's say you're 45 and on your 50th birthday, what will be the elements of your life, the ingredients of your life that will be going on around you that will make you believe that you are living the life you want to live? Now, if that is, 
I want to make senior partner and I want to be making X and I want to lead this team. Well, you're probably staying where you're at. And that is so cool, man. That is not a bad answer. But if it's, hey, look, I'm kind of done with this. I'm done with the grind. I'm done with the corner office. I'm done with the partnership. I want to figure out how to help these people. I want to figure out how to use my public speaking capabilities that I never get a chance to do. I want to figure out how to use this class in law school or med school or business school that I just never get a chance to use anymore. And I want to be surrounded by these type of people in this type of place, solving these types of problems. Man, when you when when those are the ingredients and you just allow yourself to think, what's what's just going on around me if I'm doing it right? All of a sudden, you're starting to crack open this this um belief that maybe there's something here. Maybe, maybe I need to lean into this a little bit more. And that's, that's a very important part of the process, but you've got to give yourself that permission. And for me, I had to do it by myself. I had to be alone, whether it's in an airplane or a hotel room or wherever I had to, I had to find time to myself to really ask those internal questions. This may sound like a really silly question, Lon, and, and forgive me if it's the most basic question I've ever asked you, but you, you, you came to this, you know, this portion, right? How did you know you were right? How did you I, know that you, that you were on the mission you were supposed to be on? How did you know that was right? Because I'm sure there's somebody right now in their car going, you know what I love to do? Gardening. I'm going to be a gardener, right? How did you know you were right and that what you were doing was right? I don't. <laughs> I well, don't but, know but I'm we can't, right. How do we live like that long? We have to be right or wrong. That's society, right? You're right, you're wrong, you're up, you're down. Like, so how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you wrap your mind around the fact that maybe you're sitting here today still not knowing if you're right? How do you wrap your mind around that? Look, I don't know that I'm right, but I know I'm not wrong. I knew my last job. Um, I, I didn't know that it was wrong, but I knew it wasn't right. And man, that's a very different transition. And I can tell you, Adam, I mean, I, I, uh, I had a ramble just last week with the dude um, and he and I are going to talk again. He's from Brazil and he's going to listen to this and he's going to know I'm talking about him. And we had the best ramble and he, we had this exact conversation. He's like, I, I would trade it. I would trade it. I'm right where you're at. I've listened to every podcast. I know I've talked to my wife. We've had the awkward conversation. She's right there with me. She wants me to follow my dreams. I'm ready to trade, dude. I don't know what I'm trading it for. I don't know what I want. I said, well, let's ramble on it, man. And I asked him the question I just put out there. Fast forward five years. What's, what are the, what are the seeds? What do you want to be doing? And he said things like, man, I don't know. I'd love to be riding my mountain bike. Okay. I'd love to be traveling. Okay. I'd love to be spending time with kids. Okay. I love business. I love helping people grow. I love showing up for people when they ask me, I love helping them be successful. It fills me up. Like, okay. I know that right now you don't know there's a job there. I'm telling you, if you keep leaning into riding bikes, being outside, helping people and doing good, you're going to live a good life. I can't guarantee you you're going to be rich, but I will guarantee financially rich, but I will guarantee you if you keep leaning into what you're feeling, you won't be wrong. You will not be wrong. So I can sit here, Adam, and now you can tell I'm amping up. I have never felt more on a mission doing what I am supposed to be doing than I am right now and have been for the last year. And that is just 100% truth. And I hope you can see it in my writing and I hope you can feel it in my voice right now. It's 100% true. I am on mission. How it ends, I have no idea. And in fact, I'm gonna go one step further. Further, excuse me. Even what the business model looks like. Everybody asks me, so many calls. What's the business model? How are you gonna make money? Because I do free calls. I spend my week doing free calls. I don't even charge people for what I should be charging 500 bucks an hour for. Easy. Because it's worth it. Everybody I talk to says, that would have been a $500 call. I'd have paid that. I'm like, yeah, I know. Or I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. I'm like, good. That means <laughs> craft is getting better. I should. But my whole point is, one of the metrics I had for me to know if I am on mission, doing what I want to do, not for the next three years so that I make money, but for the next 30 years so I live right, is will I do it for free? Will I wake up inspired to do this work for free? And you know what? Let me tell you one more thing as it relates to how I'm feeling about that. Still, I do free calls Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, several hours each day. I actually blocked off Wednesdays. I'm like, I just can't keep doing this. It's too much time burden. It takes up so much of my energy. I don't have time to actually think about how am I actually going to make a business out of this? I still have a mortgage to pay. I've got a daughter in college, a son who's starting college in another year. I'm not independently wealthy. I'm not rich people. I've got to figure this out. And so I got about two weeks in 
of holding off my Wednesdays. Um, and I'm booked out about a month right now. And I realized I've got to keep doing this. I, I can't, I have got to keep doing this for free because the things I'm learning, the people I'm helping, the conversations I'm having, they're not filling my bank account, but I don't even care. They're filling me up and they're making me better at helping the next guy. One of the reasons I come here and I here, let me plug what we're doing here, Adam. One of the reasons I come here, probably if you're listening to this, you're one of these dudes who lurk. I get it. 90% of the people who follow me lurk. I never see them. I never know they're there, but they show up. They show up most days to my posts. They've probably listened to every podcast and they lurk. And I know why you're lurking. One, because it's resonating. Two, my words are bouncing between your ears and there you're like, holy shit, what the hell? How does this guy know exactly how I'm feeling, exactly where I'm at? And three, you don't want anyone to know you're here. I get it. Let me, here's the plug. Every dude either is or was right where you're at. Every dude who's going to listen to this, and we'll have a thousand listens before this time a week from now, a thousand people, mostly men listening to this, mostly lurkers. And every one of them, when I talk to them and I asked if they post or liked or whatever, I say, how did your, how, what changed? And I get two answers, only two. One, nobody even noticed. I, 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 I shared something that I felt was vulnerable. They'll say, and nobody noticed. Nobody's watching for me. I mean, these are C-suite executives. Like nobody was really paying attention. And two, the other, the other answer isn't, well, my boss asked me what the hell I was thinking. Never. Hundreds hmm. of conversations. Nobody's ever told me that. You know what the other answer is? People started to ask me and ask me out to coffee and tell me that they're feeling the same way. And one guy even said his, his boss saw the comment and started listening and he brought it up in his review and they had a whole conversation about normal 40 and what together they can do about it to improve their culture of their company. There hasn't been one downside in any post, like, share, anything. So my ask it of you here is this is a long-winded say way of saying show up. There's no easier way than for you just to like something. And you those will be the only two things that'll happen. Nothing or something positive. I promise you. You said something interesting I want to get back to as well. So you you, you said you, you started with a kind of a goal in mind, right? And you, you, you started kind of working. And as time went on, you, you had to change a little bit, right? You saw, you thought about this. What about this? I like this. This is, this is more where I'm at, right? I, I think there's probably a sense of, and I want you to speak on this. Is it, it's okay, or, or is it okay to modify or change your mission, right? It sounds like, you know, at some point you say, I want to do this. And you think this is your linear path there. But, but life's not always linear paths, right? Life is, is turns and twists and ups and downs. Is it okay to to get maybe a you know halfway through what you think is on mission and realize hey I've got I got to pivot a little bit there's something more there's something different um, and and I want to try something else is it okay does it say something about you that hey I'm not ready yet because I thought I was on mission A that didn't turn out to be what I thought so now I got to go back to mission B I guess I wasn't ready yet or I got to start all over again talk about like the pivot that you kind of reference in terms of the way you were thinking and what that means for somebody who right now thought they were on mission, you know, was, was heading in one direction. And maybe now some of that doubts creeping in, they wonder if they're really on mission or if they, they need to do something different. When I launched normal 40, let me, I'm going to go all the way back. This is, this is really inside baseball. Um, so let's talk about mission change when I was probably about 43. So long before, um, what I was feeling about being a corporate executive and, and just my second half story long before those were even things in my head. Um, I was thinking about normal 40 and in fact, the name normal 40, but my, but my thought at that time as a early 40 something was that I want to, I want to help young executives figure out their path to being mature executives and eventually CEOs. I was convinced mm -hmm. I was going to be CEO. I was going to, I was going to ride this out until I was a CEO. And I started writing about that. Actually, that was my, that was my first exploration. And I never talked about it. It's not my book. I've never talked about it in podcasts and I've never written about it, but that is the fact I, I can in this tablet right over here where I keep my writings there. That's where it starts. The normal 40 started out as how to be the world's, you know, how to, how to be a successful executive because hmm. I was on a path to do it at an early age. And that's what I thought maybe my mission would be for my greater purpose, how to help other people do things. 
Well, then I had this, I had uh, something happen to me that happens to so many dudes who are on the climb and on the rise. I had this, what I would call, uh, I would feel, I would describe certainly at the time as a pretty substantial setback professionally, a really hard, emotionally gut-wrenching setback professionally that um, reflected on me. I didn't do anything wrong or malicious, but I was the boss and it happened on my watch. And, and when that happened, it, it changed me a little bit. That changed my mission. It altered, um, it altered who I was to a certain extent and I rolled with it and it was freaking hard. It, it was really hard to go through that point that I viewed as a failure way more than anyone else. As I talk about it and when I talk about it, if we podcast about it, and I suggest by the look on your face, we're going to talk about it at some point, which is cool. Uh, you know, the people around me are going to be like, boy, I, they'll probably think, boy, I, yeah, I didn't even look at that as a failure, but I wore it as one. Enough mm. of that for right now. Then fast forward to um, about two years ago when I was going through the normal 40 it changed. The name stayed the same because it still happened. It was still normal. It still happened in midlife. And, um, and, and it changed though, to what I thought I was going to do was open up a business. I was even looking at, I was looking at potentially buying into businesses that, that did executive and business coaching because that's, mm-hmm. it's easy for me. I am an exec- executive and I run businesses so I could help people in that way, but I could be working for myself. And I thought, boy, that'd be a really great way to to, you know, spend the next 20 years of my life. Okay. Um, and even to the point when I finally resigned from my job, I kind of thought that's what I was going to do, but it was right in that time where I showed up curious. And this is the biggest thing, Adam, keep in mind, you and I did two podcasts on curiosity. I talked about this, this, this sequence. And if you go back and listen to every podcast in sequence, our last two podcasts were about the curiosity of it all, yours in this case, Adam, the curiosity that it took for you to call me, the curiosity it took for us to create this podcast, the curiosity to know where this podcast was going to take us next. You and I didn't show up to this podcast and say, hey, let's see if we can build a podcast that does these 50 things and has this many subscribers by this date. And we'll start having advertisement revenue by this point and we'll do X, Y, and Z. No. You know what we did? We said, let's give it a whirl and follow the omens. Let's see where it takes us. So let me answer your succinct question after a long buildup. You, when you're on mission, what you are doing will always be changing. It will always be morphing. And that is part of the excitement. That is part of the thing that you wake up excited about. Because it when you know you're doing the right things, you know your mountain is over, you know, straight ahead, you're staring at it, and you know that left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot is moving you in that direction. If you've got a if you've got a jet 10 foot to the left, 10 foot to the to the right, just to see what's over there, fine. Fine. And here's why it's here's what's so different about it. Nobody's judging. If you do that in business, if you decide, okay, you've done the strategic plan, you got your, you've got your marching orders, everybody in the division's off doing their thing, and you try to go 10 foot to the left or 10 foot to the right without running it through 50 approvals, you, you, you get in trouble, you get fired, or it just doesn't happen. So what do you do? It doesn't happen. Being on mission is about have, accepting, accepting first that, uh, that there's more for you. It's about believing that it's possible. These are, these are really important. Accept that there's more. That means you got to do something. Believing that it's possible. That is a big step for most people because it's scary. Um, and then having the courage to lean into it without knowing the answer. Every strategic plan any corporate executive ever has done already had the answer. It's on the last page. It's schedule A. It's the financial result. Every one of them. If you work for a company that doesn't tie a strategic plan to a revenue, send it to me because I want to meet your company. It doesn't exist. But when you're on mission and it's yours and you don't apologize for anyone for taking a call that didn't seem like it was on mission, but holy shit, it absolutely led to this most wonderful conversation that led to an investment in a, in a business. Uh, You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So change is going to happen and it's all part of the awesome journey you take when you're on mission. 
right. So there's somebody out there right now listening to this and they're saying in their car or on their treadmill or cutting their grass or at the airport, they're saying that sounds really hard, Lon. Sounds like really hard work. It sounds like long work. I don't have time for that. I've got a full-time job. I've got Johnny in the baseball league. I've got Sally who plays volleyball. I've got, you know, I've got men's club twice a week. It's, this is really hard. I, this, I don't have time for all this. It's going to take me forever to get to that point, right? What feedback, what advice would you give to, to that dude in the car right now who's saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this nonsense. I got to go to work today. How, how can you get started, right? Because I think there's some element of people saying, well, I've got to go do this big grandiose thing, right? That's how I know I'm on mission. I've, I've got to do this big grandiose thing. But I suspect if I'm foreshadowing a little bit, what I think you might tell me is there, it's okay to chip away at that a little bit every day, right? It's okay to chip away at that sort of, you know, one piece at a time until you get to the breakthrough point, right? But for the person out there right now who says, this is too hard, I don't have time for all this. I got a life to lead for crying out loud. What's the first step for them? What's the feedback you'd give them? Start anyway. Here's Here will be the hardest part about starting, and I promise you. It's caring what other people think about what you're doing. First, first case in point. Um, let's go back to this football game that, that you referenced or soccer or whatever. This, um, you, you've got to make time for it. Um, and you make time for being a good dad and you make time for being a good parent and you make time for being a good employee, but you also have to make time for being a good person. And at some point in normal 40, an element of that is being selfish. Um, you, you know, we, so many great companies and it's good and it's worthy. And my company was one of them. We took very seriously the value of humility. Um, and it's, it's probably one of the reasons why I got along so wonderfully with my fellow executives. We all had an abundance of humility. Um, and we were good to one another and decent. And, and uh, we were good to, we tried to be as good as we could be to everybody in the company. But on this, you got to dial back your humility. And I want you to, you did not hear that wrong. This is where you become selfish. Because until you decide it's okay for me to be selfish, it's okay for me to say no to staying at work until six or seven o'clock tonight. No, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I'm going to go do some work on me. I'm going to be selfish. And why don't you do that now? Why is that hard? Because you got to tell somebody no. It's not going to feel like it's you're being you're you're living in humility, and it's going to feel like you know they're going to ask why and what you're doing and what you're feeling and that you're going to have to explain it. But that is hard, and you have to figure it out. And and uh, and one of the things, one of the words that keep coming up, I, I keep telling, ask, I ask people in every conversation, what do you want, man? Okay, you're here. You're talking to me. You've waited three weeks to get on a call with me. You've been following me. You've been stalking me. We're here and we're having a great ramble, man. What do you want? And what do you want? Let's talk about it. And the answer is almost always, I don't know. I don't know. And then we ramble on that a little bit. And then I'm like, well, just use some words. And one of the words they always use is freedom. I want freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, freedom is more than um, doing whatever you want to do. That is a part of freedom. Freedom to me is doing what you want to do while not caring what anybody else thinks of it and not having to explain it or justify it or feel guilty about it. You're just doing it because you know it is what you're here to do and you're doing it for the big picture right reasons. And so how do you start or, or, or how do you how do you get going? You just start. You make the time. One hour. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to answer this question, Adam. And I'm going to ask it to you like this. In June of this year, you sent me an email. You're as busy as hell. You're an executive. You've got plenty of jobs. Oh, and then as a hobby, you've got really popular multiple podcasts, bigger than this one, bigger than the one you and I are working on. And you still did what? I want you to walk me through. What did you do when you're like, I'm feeling these things. I'm not sure where I, I don't want to get you in trouble by putting words in your mouth, but at some point you're probably thinking about things like, Hey, look, you know, I don't know where I want to be in a year or two, but this cat on the internet is talking to me. And so what should I do about it? And what did you do about it? 
I allowed myself to explore it really is kind of the answer. I showed up and, and I started asking questions and, and I realized and I knew that I needed an outlet to allow myself to feel that way. Um, and selfishly, the pod is really a, a, lot, a big part of that. I, I, I had all these these feelings in these voices, right? So it's funny as, as a podcaster, and I'll put that in air quotes because I'm, I'm not sure I qualify as a professional podcaster, but if you want to give me that, I'll take it, right? I'm always doing bits in my head, if that makes any sense, right? I'm always thinking about what I would say on this topic or what I'd say on that topic. And when it came to leadership and it came to wanting more and it came to what's important in life and it came to the next phase of where you are, I had all these thoughts in my, I, I, I kind of call them thought bubbles, right? You, the old school you know, cartoons where the bubbles come above your head, it's got the words and all these thought bubbles in my head. And I just never knew where to put them. And when I talked to you, that's when I started to really take those thought bubbles and actually give them out and say them out loud. And for me, that was that was the part that I enjoyed the most. That was the part that I felt like I needed. And now, selfishly, every two weeks, you and I get across from each other on the Internet and the computer and we talk this stuff out. And that's 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 what I need to continue to stay on what I consider to be part of my mission. Right. It's, is continuing down this path. It's funny because my mission is actually sort of being a part of your mission, which is a part of a larger mission, but it fulfills me. It gives me that, that space, that thing. This is completely different from anything else I do in life. And so I just started showing up and asking questions and saying to myself, I like this. How do I stay involved? Now, as it worked out for you and I, I kind of invited myself in. And as it worked out for you and I as well, you being gracious and being humble said, yeah, man, come on in. Let's let's do this together. And I think for me, that was obviously a huge help. But I just invited myself in and said, I just need to be more of this. And so short answer there, I, I showed up and just... You know, I wasn't sure when I asked you what was going on, if you, you know, you were going to what your response was. But I saw the door cracked a little bit and I said, I'm going to swing this thing open and I'm going to see what's on the other side. And it could be a hard rejection or it could be a, a welcoming embrace. I'm lucky it was the uh, the latter on that one, of course, but really just kept showing up and saw an opportunity and wanted to continue to, to pursue it. That is the answer, man. And so everybody, I mean, you nailed it. You nailed it. Um, here's the challenge. So if you're listening to this. You're, you're, you're going to fall in one of two camps. These guys are a bunch of, you know, they're full of it. And it, it, it's, it's just not like that. You can't just, it's not that easy. Or it's like, well, what the hell? I, what the hell? I've got nothing to lose. Let me try something. So here's the challenge. It happened just like Adam said. He sent me an email. I sent him an email back. Waited a little while. He sent me another email. We got on a call. We said, let's try it. That's it. That is how this podcast came to be. So my challenge to you, if you're listening to this, do something awkward. Do something that's calling you. Do something that you're, you're curious about. Reach out and channel what it is that is calling you. Just take some time to ponder it, consider it, think about it, and call, email, whatever you can, but do something and just see where it goes. And I'll be the first to say, there's probably a pretty good chance you hear nothing do it again and again and again. Do something with someone or for someone else. My point is start. It goes back to starting and it goes back to one more thing that, that Adam didn't talk about is he, he, and that I tried to say off the top, he's really busy. We're cutting this. We're Adam and I, he is carving out time of what is probably one of the busiest weekends of his year uh, based on some circumstances outside of his control. And he's making time to do this. He's making time to do this. It's not easy, uh, but it. I hope that part of it, Adam, is that you, and you, you, you articulated it so well, you get to be part of this mission too. And you are, holy shit, you're a huge part of it. And, uh, and um, so challenge, go do something, start. If it's something with me, fine. Something with Adam, great. Do something. We are, we're, we can be part of your resource pool, but do something. I think that's the perfect way to uh, to to wrap up this episode. But before I do that, Lon, I want to tease. I want to plug something really quickly. Uh, not Lon's talked about his website, normal40.com. Um, there's, there's some options there that I'll let him kind of share in a second. But what we're going to do after this. So if you're listening to us on audio, we're going to wrap this episode in about a minute or two. We'll say our normal goodbyes. But if you happen to be a part of what Lon's building at normal40.com, the video that accompanies this pod 
we're going to let that run. So if you go to the website, you're going to see sort of a, an extended after show conversation where, and sometimes Lon and I joke, that's kind of actually sometimes the best part of the podcast is stuff that we actually don't record where he and I are just kind of riffing about something that's on our mind or a topic that came up or kind of where we are. So, so get over to norma40.com. I'll let Lon explain that to you in a second and, and give you more details on that. And you'll see that extended version. If you're listening to this on audio, Obviously, you know, you, you're going to get the end of this in about a minute, but there's more to be had there. So, Lon, let me let me kick it to you now that I've given that soft sell. Uh, tell people more about Normal40.com, how they can sign up, options available, and all the things you're building out over there. Awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, you nailed it. Normal40.com. Tune in there for for more of this uh, after hours uh, <laughs> session. But look, I, I uh, if you're here, you've you've got most of. Of, uh, of what I do. A couple things. One, if you listen to this podcast and you like it, dude, I'm, I, I know that every podcaster in the world says this, but if I don't have the invisible dudes showing up and sharing this with at least one guy, my mission doesn't get to grow. I only get to grow when somebody has, has the ability to muster the courage to share this with one friend, share it in an email, leave a comment. One of the most, um, the best ways you can help promote this podcast so that other people can lurk. I know that's part of the process. Help them lurk. I'm fine with that, but it's still got to find them is for you to go in and leave a, leave a review, leave a five star. If you would, if you liked it um, and leave a comment, man, that's super helpful. So of course, find us here. You're going to continue to find us here too. Um, I've got a planner, go to my website on there's, there's a planner there. And it's by the way, designed to do one thing, get you to start. It's to get you to catch you in the act. It's the book I wrote for me when I was where you are. It's not very expensive and it's wildly helpful. Um, so go to Amazon, grab a book and, uh, and download it and use it. It's, uh, it's ask some very simple questions. It will take you 10 minutes a day and you'll use it. It was a book you'll use. Um, three, I've got coaching. Uh, you can hire me for a coach. I'm full right now. Get on the wait list. Send me an email. We'll get you on a wait list. They open up from time to time and, uh, and we'll, we can, uh, we can uh, work on that. And um, of course, find me on LinkedIn. That's where I do a bunch of my, most all my work. And I try to be there every, every morning. So join me on LinkedIn. And uh, I think that's everywhere I exist, right? Yeah, that's, look, it's a, this is not just a, a podcast. This is a community. And there's a lot of ways to get involved and to be connected to the community. Lon just mentioned all those. So find the one that works best for you right now. Hopefully you graduate to some other ones down the road, but find the one that works best for you right now. Make sure you get involved. Make sure you stay connected. Make sure you stay curious. Uh, again, my name's Adam. You've heard from Lon. And uh, do us three things. Keep showing up. Keep being curious. And we'll see you on the other side. This is Normal 40, the podcast.